0: Yeah, you know they light a lead and they poison the seeds in the stalks with their mind Just watch what they read They flash them all, all of the signs on the screen and we're zoned out and don't even know what they mean you know they lie a lead, and they poison the seeds And the starts with their mind, just watch what they read They flash them all, off the signs on the screen And we're zoned out, and don't even know what they mean We won't be stopped, blocked at toll, and we should know our role We're immune to the words, and the laws they impose He said one false move, you'll be up on the news I said, that's fine, you'll be on YouTube There's a camera on the dash, another over there He saw that light flash and you could tell he was scared He was shook could see it when he looked, nope, he wasn't acting, no, no Sandy Hookers, just a day in the light, a night in the lie, all part of the plan that by the same old guys, Kissinger or Bush, Carter or and they got other names too for the organizations, the CFR, the CIA, the IRS and the DEA, alphabet clubs taking orders every day, what good's a law when they break him anyway? You know they lie to lead and they poison the seeds in the stores of their mind. Just watch what they breathe they flash them all of the signs on the screen. It was zoned down, I don't even know what they mean. You know they light a lead, and they poison the seeds in the starts of their mind, just watch what they breathe They flash up all of the signs on the screen It was zoned out, and don't even know what they mean They all talk and sound the same, they just got different names And the way they like us, they just cast the blame On a, me and you, and you'll know who When they caught the troops, and they make the move Armed to the teeth, they were there for peace that's what they said, but they left the machines. I wish we could see, so I tried to show how they set us all up just to be controlled. Closer to the edge, I'll take it where it gets really the most, and then yeah, the plot will twist. They shake them well, the dice before they throw out another lie put the public to hold. Undeserved, but they give it to the herd, and they know damn well what they're doing with them words. They roll weighted the dice, no, it ain't right. It's all rigged in sabotage tight. You know they lie to lead, and they poison the seeds in the stalks of their mind. Just watch what they read, they flash them all, of the signs on the screen was zoned out, and don't even know what they mean. You know they lie to lead, and they poison the seeds in the stalks of their mind. Just watch what they read, they flash them all, of the signs on the screen was zoned out, and don't even know what they mean.
1: Welcome to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. It is Wednesday, the sixteenth of August twenty seventeen, and the show is still going on, so that's uh that's an interesting fact. At least to me. Cause like you know, I I thought when I got this show going, I didn't think that I could make ten episodes of content, much less fucking twenty-eight, I think I'm on now. Like I don't keep necessarily track of that. But uh what a what a world we live in. Um, before I get into the heavy stuff, well, sort of, I guess maybe um little bit of housekeeping. Tomorrow I will be taking part on the anarchist side of a debate against statists. Um, Anarchy Ball will be joining me on my team, uh, as will a Twitter user by the username of Voltaire1788-8, which I don't exactly know what that reference is, but... Actually, seven, did I say 1778? I'm not sure. That's what it was, 1778-8, in case I didn't say it. Um, but I'll be debating uh, three statists on the nature of regulations and whether or not they're necessary. We'll be discussing uh, climate change, uh, the welfare state, International relations, national relations, and defense. And it should be relatively interesting because we'll be on the receiving side, so we get to uh, pick apart what they're saying. And uh, ideally it'll go very well. I think it will. Um, But this is, you know, this is an actual debate, not like the other one I could mention. um, Where... Like there's gonna the person who invited me on to this debate, uh, was going to be the moderator, and he is, by the way. Um, I'm phrasing things poorly because I'm very tired. Um, but the moderator will be the academic agent, or just at academic agent, on Twitter. And uh, basically, he's trying to convince himself of one side or the other in terms of anarchy or statism. Um, And his personal philosophy is sort of trending in the direction of anarchy, uh, which is, you know, sort of evident in his intro video. And so he wants to, you know, just get a debate together where people from both sides can uh, state their peace, and he's strongly considering uh, the position of anarchy. So if you want to come to that, uh, just keep apprised on my Twitter at Insanity is free. Um, and like if you want specific updates, you can send me a direct message. My box is open, and I'll send you uh, the link to the debate once it gets started or you can just pay attention because it'll be around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, that the debate gets started. So um, I'm looking forward to it, especially since it'll be audio only, so I don't have to move shit around in my room and I can just stick there near my desk. Uh, But beyond all of that, um, I had a conversation on the Rollo and Slappy show, um, which is Rollo McFlugel's. YouTube podcast, and it's where uh, himself and his friend who uh, knows him in person, um, they normally discuss libertarianism and libertarian thought, um, and generally have uh, some guests on or some topic that they refer to to get the ball rolling. Well, they had me on, and I discussed <clears throat> that I discussed how much of a shit bag uh, Gary Johnson is, because Gary Johnson is a shitbag, bag um, for many reasons. And so, I'll include the link to that in the de- in the description to this radio show. And <clears throat> it- what I'd like to do in the meantime is, uh, I have about eighteen minutes of that uh, conversation, it lasted about an hour, that I'm going to play after after I get done with housekeeping. And uh, the reason is, first off, because we had an interesting conversation about the non-aggression principle that I think uh, probably would be beneficial to have uh, here. So I'll include the basic gist of my approach to several scenarios they brought up. Um, where the non-aggression principle may be challenged. And um, after that, uh, I will get into Charlottesville and the politics surrounding that, because that's been in the news since it definitely uh, had some implications. But uh, I guess without further ado, even though I hate that 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 phrase, uh, I will put this clip at the end of this and uh, and then get the ball rolling on the um... wait, I don't actually think I mentioned it. Very disorganized this evening. The reason I'm the second reason I'm putting the conversation up um, is because Rollo and Slappy will be coming on uh, to the moment of rage. I'll, they'll be my first guests. Uh, next week, um, we'll be recording the the interview, and it'll probably be included uh, after some housekeeping, and um, it'll be about you know thirty to forty minutes, uh, and it'll be the the show next week essentially, and uh, the reason for that is is I want to start getting uh, other people on here, to really illustrate why you should be angry, and uh, they are both in. Uh, industries which are uh, in the business of private regulation, and they know all about the inefficiencies of state regulation, and they're willing to discuss it. Uh, One of them them uh, works in uh, private oil refinement, and he uh, has some knowledge and expertise in private oil regulation. In a non public, the government's not really involved. Um, you know, in, a, in any other way than it already isn't massively involved um, at a base level. It's not involved especially much. Um, but beyond that, um, there's also uh, Slappy Jones, too, who is uh, a private insurance broker, I believe. And he'll be discussing private insurance. And um, it's it's always valuable to understand that the state isn't required for everything, and most things it's not required for at all. And the things that it is required for are acts of unethical nature. So uh, I'll be having them on. They'll be discussing um, probably their, their views on these private uh, ins- regulations and private insurance and things and uh, probably some other things as well. Um, they had me uh, on their show uh, do a, um, a free market success story, which I didn't really like the phrasing of that, but, um, but I'll have them uh, tell me something that government does that makes them angry, because that's the purpose of my show, is to fire people up uh, as much as possible with my um, conspiracy things. Uh, so... Let me get that started up and uh, I'll be back with you after this is, uh, after this is commenced.
2: Uh, But yeah, uh, well, speaking of the non-aggression principle, as bad as Austin Peterson got it, I mean, I was at the uh, libertarian debate in Philadelphia and I was sitting there in the audience. They're going through this stuff. I said, Oh, you know, I'm sitting here. I got a YouTube channel, a blog. Maybe I should record some of this. So, I put my phone up, hit record, and and Larkin Rose asked the question, is the non-aggression principle compatible with the Constitution? Daryl Perry, they ask him the question first, and he just nails it. Um, Nails the answer from a libertarian perspective. Says it's not. Goes into some— Will he quote Spooner? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Says it's either uh, not designed.
3: Either it doesn't work or it's designed to fail. Right.
2: Yeah. Either way, it's unfit to exist. So he he just absolutely kn- very concise. Probably said it gave his answer in under thirty seconds. It was great, and that's when I was like, oh wow, because I did I didn't know who Daryl Perry was before that. And I was like, oh wow, this guy actually is good.
1: And then oh, it goes. He so runs re- a he runs a. Go ahead. He runs a show. Yes. On yeah. uh, on SoundCloud, a libertarian show. Yeah,
2: but he was – I mean he was excellent the whole debate, and he's hes very principled and very good. And I was like, oh, man, I mean this – he was the real deal. And then it goes over to Gary Johnson, and I was so – I just had <laughs> it, the biggest smile on my face because I'm like, I'm recording him saying this stuff. It's like the non-aggression principle just goes over my head. And I talk to people about it, and they're just – their eyes glaze over, just goes over my head. Like are, how <laughs> – the non-aggression principle, and I'm not, I don't believe the non-aggression principle is axiomatic. Um, I, think I do. Well, I, I take the Michael Humer Ooh, approach. The, let's let's some, go into that a little bit. Yeah, there, there's some, it's its prima facie correct, and I, I define it more as um, people have the, the prima facie right to be free from uh, harmful coercion. So if you're like on a, there's, there's I think there's certain um, lifeboat scenarios that you'd be justified in, in committing some aggression just to get yourself out of that situation. They're very rare, and I think you could argue that they would never actually exist. Like um, what? Uh, let's say you're on a lifeboat. Say you and I are on a lifeboat, and the the boat springs a leak, and the only way that, we would, that you would be able to survive is if we both bail the water out but I decide for whatever reason that I don't want to bail the water out. Would you be justified in threatening some sort of harm to get me to bail the water out in order to save your life?
1: Well, if, if you're going to the boat that's causing the boat to sink faster and you won't bail the water out because you know you're lazy or something, then you're part of the reason that the boat is sinking and you're none of the reason that it, that it will uh, will stay afloat and so since you're not contributing to the safety of others and you're actively contributing to the danger of others i would uh, i would say that quantifies uh, not bailing the water out as a, as the aggressor and i would say that anything responding to that would be defensive force because you're pushing the boat down and you're helping it sink, and you're not helping us stay afloat. So it's sort of like holding somebody's head underwater. Well, I didn't kill him; the water did. That's that's horse shit. You did kill him. You killed the person on yeah, the other end because you didn't bail out the water. You're an aggressor. Okay. Yeah. No, that's
2: that's I. I, I like
1: think of that it in that answer. way, but that's a
2: good response. I like I that. O- I have other lifeboat scenarios if you want to go. About?
1: Yeah, sure. Let's 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 knock down some let's lifeboats. Play some.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like this. Do you have one, Slappy? No, go for it. Okay, so there's uh, let's say Slappy's um, drowning in in a lake, and uh, you and I are standing on the shore, and for whatever reason, yeah, this this is just the scenario that that exists. We need both of us in order to save him, and there's no other way to save him. And I say, why is he drowning?
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I guess he was out. I I don't know. I guess for the because that's the
1: interesting question.
2: Let's say, and this this might be unfair of me, but let's let's say that it was not his fault. He was drowning. It was no one's fault that he was what? drowning. Okay, but
3: like, I don't know if that's like like said, good... Um, he was on a boat in the water, yeah, and uh, a large animal bumped it, tipped it over, and the boat went away, and. It sunk or something. Yeah. I don't know. Let's it's an absurd boat. scenario. But... I'll say the boat sunk.
2: Again, again, and I, I want to qualify these lifeboat scenarios as I don't think that because because the whole point of this is that there has to be no other option in order for it to be, to be true, which in normal
1: life, uh, there's... Well, there's... okay, well, if it's nobody's fault, then the aggressor isn't there it's an un- it's an unfavorable situation but there is no aggressor so the only so, so so the aggressor would then start possibly at the solution to it but not saving somebody is not an act of aggression and if it is then there's a huge amount of suffering that the entire world is aggressing by not ameliorating which you know it, it, at that point like when the capability is within your hands to do something, if not doing anything is aggression, if it constitutes an act of aggression, then um, by that token, if Slappy had a gun while he was drowning uh, and the one person wouldn't help, then he would be justified in shooting that person for an act of aggression that would cost him his life. That's, to me, it's an an absurd uh, application of the term aggression to insist that you know that there is an aggression to prevent here and it would certainly be an aggressive act to put uh, to, to, to put either you or i in the water if you or i didn't consent um and an unreasonable act in that manner because not preventing somebody's death while it's a move that will uh, probably result in some negative uh feedback from one party or another it's not actually A crime, and so it's not something that should be prosecutable or that should be, you know, somebody should be forced into uh, not committing, like, if that's the case, then everybody should be conscripted to whatever military exists to protect the country, and everybody should have to serve in the police or the firefighters or as an EMT to save lives, because if they don't, then they're not actively contributing to the safety of others when they could, and uh, and, and it, it would be unethical. I think that if we're going to have a stable ethical system, that we need to have certain boundaries on what we consider ethical and what we consider not, and that if we're just talking about aggression versus non-aggression, the the, the case is pretty clear-cut here. It would be wrong to force somebody else into the water to help somebody else out. Um, you know. But that being said, most people, if they knew with relative certainty that they could help somebody save somebody that they would probably do. People aren't fundamentally good, but they are uh, interested in seeming good to others. And if they can pass that story around that they saved somebody's life today or last week or whatever, if they can possibly make a new contact or have somebody owe them one, you know, there's always the, the, the possible benefits from it. So I would say, that an aggressive scenario wouldn't even be necessary there. I know personally that even though I'm not a very good swimmer, I would probably uh, accept that call to action there if I could help somebody live. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: oh, yeah and, and, and just to be clear, um, I agree completely that it wouldn't need a gun to someone's head to go out and jump in the water to save someone. And also, yeah. I'm, I'm not claiming that it's, that it's an act of aggression to let someone drown.
1: Well, right. So, but I'm saying that because an act of aggression isn't there, there's no need to have a violent response to it. And like, like, you know, shoving somebody else in the water and threatening their life as well. You know, let's say that, you know, you or I aren't a very good swimmer and we might drown if we go out and try and save somebody. That happens a lot. I think it's like a third of the people who try and save somebody that get fucked up as a result. And to me, my my answer to the whole situation is both people absolutely, um, you know, they absolutely should, from a good human being standpoint, do that. Especially since if a society of people were built around that sort of action, uh, helping their neighbor when their neighbor was in need, then that society could survive with less or no government. Um, But, you know, that doesn't mean that I would force them to because... I don't want to be a shitty person and force somebody to try and save a life that they have no obligation to. You know, not to say that you don't have an obligation to slap you or whatever. I don't know what you two owe each other, but like the the primary thing here is that I don't want to be the same kind of thing that I'm trying to prevent, which is what the non aggression principle and in my form axiom is, because it's trying to make the world better by personal action. So, I mean, this lifeboat scenario doesn't strike me as one that I would honestly give too much of a shit about. Like, if somebody doesn't want to help somebody, I'll watch the guy drown and try not to have too little sleep that night.
2: Yeah, and and to be fair to Michael Humer, because he did qualify it as there would no, it's it's understood that there would be no harm given to the people that went out and and tried to save, save the drowning person. Uh, um, well,
1: no harm except the harm to their sovereignty. I think, right, 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 right. I meant, yeah, I meant like there's, there's, he does
2: say it's an act of
3: aggression. He just says it's permissible.
2: Yeah. Um, without... I wouldn't permit that shit. Get the fuck <laughs>
3: off my property. You're gonna force well, people into the water. So do you say, are, are there any rights other than
1: property rights? Um, positive rights. I, I don't think that there are positive rights. I think property rights, uh, are are a negation of terms Mm -hmm. i think i have the right to not have my property aggressed upon if that's what you mean that's what i mean i agree so how about the cabin
3: in the woods scenario okay which which so yeah you're starving you come across a hunting lodge in the middle of the woods however you got there you're lost you can't get out you can't get help is it permissible to break in and get food if you know it's there or do you have to sit outside and starve
1: in the woods? Why am I starving in the woods? <laughs> I don't know. You got it's, lost.
2: It's it's not Jeremiah. It's uh, one of these... <laughs> it's it's slappy. You can't find his way out of the woods. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's your hunting lodge. And I'm out there starving, and I've been out there for
1: days. I'm cold. I it's come it's across my hunting lodge, lodge then? Yes. You're, you're, you're asking me, like, okay, so, so for the purposes of this exercise, you're putting me in the proverbial hot seat, and you're saying, like, how would I respond?
3: Well, yeah, sure, but really, it's my act. So I come across the lodge, I look in the window, I knock on the door. There's no one there, no one's answering. It's you know a lodge you use here and there when you go hunting. Uh, but I see a refrigerator, or I see, you know whatever, a, a box of cereal on top of the
2: fridge, and Ugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, but there's 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 some nice cabbage in there.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I break in and okay. I take the food. Now, what I have to do afterwards, I mean, I think, well, I'll let you respond. Do you think I was wrong to do that?
1: Yes, but if it's my hunting lodge and you tell me you were starving, uh, what I'll demand you do is is you work off the damages to my property, and I'll also say that you need to learn from me some basic survival and bushcraft skills so that you don't have to do this again and you can find your way out of the woods. Yeah, well, I'll give you a service so that you don't have to be encountered with this again, the, but absolutely it was wrong.
3: And for the record, I won't be lost in the woods because I won't go in them because I actually would not be able to survive in the woods on my own.
1: So You should just learn how to make a compass. That makes everything so much easier. Like a stick in the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I don't know if you were going to take, the, uh, take the, the scenario this way, but uh, what if there was a sign on the cabin that said, "Under no circumstances whatsoever, are is anyone allowed to break in." Um, well, I mean, it's st- the
1: same thing; it's still wrong. Right. But you know, if it's my cabin, hope you just—if you ever decide to do this, hope you have somebody reasonable that uh, that responds to you, and not somebody who's going to come around the corner with PTSD and a double barrel. So
3: <laughs> certainly, like, that's, I agree. I mean. Yeah. Ultimately, it's still an aggression, and that but person would be responsible to um, compensate the owner for that aggression.
1: Right, but uh, it's not—it's not permissible. That—that's the thing about it is that you—you you can shoulder the costs of fucking with somebody, but it's ultimately your decision, and you should understand that they have an ethical basis to fuck with you in return. And I don't even believe in proportional force because I don't think it's—you know. I don't think it's reasonable to ask somebody to understand the energetic cost of what they did and, you know, only get that much in response because I don't think anybody can truly know the costs of an action. So I wouldn't be uh, upset if a trespasser in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the woods in a hunting lodge uh, that he broke into got a double barrel to the face. That wouldn't bother me ethically. Um, Oh yeah, because,
2: because the, the owner has no idea what he's in there for. So I, I think that's perfectly
1: reasonable. Even if he knew he was there because he was lost, if you heard the guy knocking around, please, I'm lost, that doesn't matter. It's still wrong. What's, like, because it's, it's threatening the sanctity of somebody else's property that they could use to keep safe. Maybe the maybe a bear followed, followed Slappy to, to my hunting lodge and because he broke in through the front door, there's now a bear in my house destroying it. That's it's, it's unreasonable to call it anything less than wrong and aggression and say that it's unpermissible until the person decides, yeah, um, this was a reasonable reason to break in or whatever. But, you know, and, and I would do that. I would find a way that we could all, after I got done with my anger, because I had bipolarism and some severe anger problems, um, after I got done with my anger, I would probably try to find a way to correct the situation that ended up with both people being better for it. He works, he works off the damages to my property, um, and I teach him something, um, you know, and, and then some, because it's costing me fucking time to deal with this new situation. Um, and, and I teach him how to survive in the future so that he doesn't have to worry about that. Maybe we exchange numbers, and, you know, he comes up and learns survivalism from me for a fee in the future. You know, maybe we become best friends. That shit happens. You know, the, the idea... Uh, Of a libertarian society would probably require some very reasonable people owning property Um, and the idea of a libertarian person uh, whether the society is libertarian or not um, needs to be the idea of somebody who understands that not all circumstances will go their way um, and that maybe they should be rational about things instead of taking the most knee-jerk violent approach that gets memes made about it uh, for for facebook so like there's there's multiple layers to it but like one of the primary layers to it needs to be an understanding that it is definitely wrong and that it should in no circumstances be considered permissible permission should only come from property owners it should only come from the people who have the right to issue permits so i don't see a a purpose in calling it permissible or allowable or whatever i mean like Stefan Molyneux, he, he constantly talks about per, permissible and preferable. And yeah, it's, I guess, permissible and preferable, but we have to consider who permits it and who prefers it. Um, because the only people who can permit and prefer something rationally in an ethical society are the people who have dominion right, rightful dominion over the thing in question. And so, yeah, it'd be wrong. But I'd try to be reasonable about it, because I don't like killing people that aren't aggressors in a very serious sense, you know? And we're back. So, I hope that was valuable to you, and um, if you're interested in hearing more from these two, uh, I'll be letting them talk quite a bit on my, uh, my Moment of Rage episode next week. That'll be episode 29, I think. Something like that. It's either 29 or 30. It's not, I think, I'm pretty sure last week was 27, but I might be wrong. Um, but the, uh, the interesting part about that conversation is we proved very succinctly that Gary Johnson does not understand libertarianism and he's not really willing to make tough decisions, which means that even if the presidency could be elected in, which it fucking can't, um, even if the presidency could represent the people, uh, he wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, whatever. Fuck Gary Johnson. But beyond that, um, Charlottesville. And before before I get into that, let me just say, like, Facebook making their icons round and bubbly, uh, just like Twitter did, all these social media companies that are like making everything very padded out and politically correct and all that shit that you can tell they're indoctrinating you. You can tell that they're not working with your best interests in mind. You can tell that they're definitely specifically working to forward the agenda of the people who make them rich and, you know, if this wasn't more obvious with this whole Charlottesville thing and which news trended and why, I mean, uh, very, very sad that somebody died. Um, it's very sad that somebody was, was murdered by somebody who ran a car into her. Um, but you know, and I don't mean to dismiss that in any way. It's it's tragic. Anytime somebody uh, dies, especially... Well, anytime somebody innocent dies, especially if all they were doing was speaking their mind. And the person who did this um, is a despicable human being. Uh, and the organizations that support him are also despicable. But the, the, the fact that this is what trended, the fact that, you know, violence from, you know, many sides was spun in the way that it was, that Trump said that there was violence on many sides, and the media chose to say that there was only violence on one side, when any like brief look at the footage from Charlottesville can definitely and specifically point out violence from both sides um, that were there. That is if you consider all of the people on the right there on one side and all of the people on the left there on another side, which I, I consider dubious to begin with. But the the, the coverage, the fact that the violence from the left, was completely ignored. And that when somebody didn't specifically talk about the violence on the right, um, they, they, they were branded a racist. Not just Trump. People on Twitter, all over social media. This is a fucking social experiment. Even if it wasn't their plan, the elite's plan, to have this guy run into this crowd with his car, they're exploiting the fuck out of it, and they are exploiting the fuck out of people who might otherwise have noble goals. Um, the non-aggression principle uh, thing is also valuable here, because they certainly don't give a shit about aggression. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't care about innocent parties being damaged, because if they did, then they wouldn't just be talking about the person who died, they would also be talking about the people who were injured. And the person who ran into those people with uh, his car caused a decent amount of injuries, but the injuries didn't start there, and they didn't stop there either. Um, The entire thing was supposed to be a speaking uh, event where I I believe, like, uh, 12 speakers were all going to state their peace as part of like a public rally event and while i think that you know the kind of message that they're spreading is scum what i do understand is that when they got there there were protesters and there was there were people macing people and there was general violence um and like people bashing each other over the head with 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 pipes and sticks and other sorts of weapons And, realistically, it was, to to a lot of people, all about these Confederate statues. Um, Well, let's really understand the parallels between this and, for instance, the Civil War. Because we have people in in Charlottesville, uh, well, we had people in Charlottesville who were white supremacists, who were far-right extremists, um and who the sorts of people who would say that communists aren't people the sorts of things that the sort of sorts of mindsets that would prevail to suggest that throwing communists out of helicopters is okay and not only okay but something that should be considered uh, laudable and rewardable um you know and we also had people who would probably have no problem saying fuck white people and people who enable those people, um, and you know the violence was on many sides, and I'm going to incur a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hate myself, ironically for that, um, if if this is widely listened to. But the the truth is that that's the case. We we have we have polarized groups of people largely politically minded, who are on both sides of of a central issue and many sides of of the political, like, I guess, spectrum, you could say. Many, many, many points on that spectrum uh, would be a a slightly more elegant way of putting it than many sides. Um, But all of these people see, to some extent, violence is acceptable to their ends. And, and I can prove it because, like, first off, the anarchists that were there and helping, uh, like, beat people with pipes, those people don't strike me as anarchists if they want to impose their particular view of what society should be on people. Um, and, and I don't just mean, like, not – like not supporting rulers and deposing rulers and stopping rulers before they, you know, can oppress people. I'm talking about uh, not allowing people to say certain things. If there's a central uh, group of people who can decide what people can and can't say, then guess what? That's a fucking government. Uh, And you can't just say that because you're against fascism, any regulation you propose is okay which is what I think a lot of these people would agree is their position if they were intellectually honest, which is why they wave Soviet flags and other state communist and socialist flags, because in the end, they don't care, as long as it's not the evil capitalist, white, you know, heteropatriarchal scourge. And that's total horseshit to me. Um, Somebody died, and... You know, their death is being exploited. Her death is being exploited for the purposes of fueling political campaigns. I On either side, you know? The right is celebrating that death now. The, not, not like most of the right, by the way. I'm speaking of the far right, the alt-right. And those rightists are celebrating that death. They're, um the, the Daily Stormers kicked off GoDaddy because of... Their, um, their, their article calling her essentially a fat slut and uh, saying that she deserved to die. You know, it's, it was a scummy article, and, you know, it, it should be condemned in the strongest, po- strongest possible terms. But, you know, it's just more political exploitation, and the fact that this girl died means that now everything that the left did that day is considered okay. Um, And everything the right did that day was considered a contributing cause to a murder. Um, And because of that, people can now polarize. People can fight each other. People can maybe even justify the next time they see uh, a rally of white supremacists uh, driving a Dodge Charger into those people. You know, it's, you can't win this way. You can't win by fighting in an obviously socially engineered war against your neighbor. You've got to realize that the lines that are being drawn were not drawn by you. And that's why I say it's it's pretty valuable to compare it to something like the Civil War, because, you know, I, I, there's even an, a, a Huffington Post article that I'll link in the description um, th- that's It says, hard truths. Abraham Lincoln was a racist and the Confederacy is not the enemy. We need to acknowledge our messy past to deal with our real problems. And it's true. It's 100% true. Tanya Marsh, professor of law at Wake Forest University, wrote this article. And everybody should read this article because if you didn't already know, um, because you're not you know, one of the evil neo-Confederates that the SPLC loves to label alongside everybody in that alt-right, uh, alt-right gangbang in Charlottesville, um, then you wouldn't have necessarily read the King Lincoln archives, uh, which are on lewrockwell.com, which I would recommend everybody read. Um, with artist with authors like like Tom De Lorenzo, who wrote an entire book on how Lincoln is is well unjustly uh, deified, and we have this image of the evil white person that's been slammed into our skulls, and even even people like Lincoln, um you know, don't get a pass from the social justice left, um, but not because of the evil person he was. The fact that he, quote, emancipated slavery and, you know, quote, fought the evil race itself um, in a war, like, against slavery, uh, that's okay. But the fact that he didn't actually give a shit about black people, that's, that's not something they want to acknowledge. It's not something that most people in America want to acknowledge, but if you don't acknowledge it, if you think that the only bad side was the fucking Confederacy, then sure, go throw your tantrum, knock down some statues, uh, you know, have a blast. But you're not going to change anything in the long run, and the only thing you're doing is enabling racism to continue, because you're 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 not actually fighting racists when you do that. You're fighting the image of racists that have been planted in your brain uh, by people who are much more racist and much worse. Like, you know, uh, the society we have is largely determined and run by fundamentally evil people in, in the Bilderberg group and, uh, and other sorts and and incendiary types of, of tyrants. And, and we're all supposed to fight each other because that's the, the the real racists are down the street, not bombing people overseas. People are like, you know, Trump is so racist. He's He's like the KKK in the White House. We need to impeach Trump now. Um, because Hillary would have been so much fucking better., uh, obviously, you know, Hillary would have been the prime candidate. Uh, for for stopping racism with no-fly zones, with ransacking Haiti uh, when her foundation could take advantage of them after a fucking earthquake. Hillary would have been fantastic. N- no. No, we need to understand that the system is not designed to keep us safe. It's not designed to protect us. No matter who you are, no matter what is happening, in your country if it has a government you're fucked you will be manipulated you will your your the very fabric of your morality will be torn asunder trying to force some moral image onto these terrible people you know like for instance all the far right people oh yeah you know like obama's the drone president you know Let's really point that out. But then when Trump has more dr- drone strikes, more civilian casualties per drone strike um, in, in in the first very limited part of his term, that's totally cool. You know, we'll, we'll not bring that up because it's just a talking point. And, and the left, all of these people who are suddenly very much against warmongering and racism, they are they weren't like at all, up in arms, uh, with very few exceptions, um, when Obama was killing the first, uh, well, assassinating the first American citizen and his brother in a faraway country because he decided he didn't like the way this person was speaking to radical groups. Speech. Speech. Speech is being policed speech is being controlled and the entire lockdown is imminent but people don't give a shit because as long as that latest scary thing can be stopped as long as facebook and twitter and everything can make nice little fluffy round profiles so that you can like make your posts and feel like you're warm and welcome and invited um nothing matters nothing matters. Because everything is all based on what groups people have been forced into, sort of shoehorned into these false dichotomies of left versus right, of of anti-fascists versus the evil Nazis, or of, you know, the the, the enlightened white people versus the communist scum – And people don't recognize the manipulation. They think that if they're on the right side of that, they're not being manipulated. Well, here's a tip. You are being manipulated. You are being controlled. You are being commanded from the top by fundamentally aggressive people. These people don't have principles to stop them from being evil. They don't have reason to stop them from making these decisions that negatively impact everybody in the future. Because they don't need it. They've got the Georgia Guidestones, they've got nukes, they've got large population centers full of the passive populace that can, you know, mine the the cement for their underground bunkers so that when they destroy everything and form their breakaway civilization, they can begin anew and everything will be fine because we don't have those degenerates in the streets. You want to stop the real racists. You need to stop fighting each other in the street. You need to start fighting the people in power because you can't fight power by fighting white power or by fighting black power. You've got to fight all power at once and realize where it concentrates. And it isn't in a statue in Charlottesville. It's, it's in the halls of power. It's where the bastards that have like, slowly and incrementally scraped away at our freedom, uh, How's their debates, How's their public quorums. Is it the Bilderberg meetings and the Skull and Bone Society and and, and all these little pockets of corruption and evil? And it's not with the people next to you. It's not at a rally. It's not, you know, the neo-Nazi forum that made a mean article about somebody who died. Those people are despicable, sure, but they're not the true enemy. And all of these problems that people have attributed to either black people or white people or anybody, you know, based on race, sex, whatever, all of these problems um, are based on problems created and fostered by the elites. And so if you really have a stake in these problems going away, then we need life, liberty, and the pursuit of statelessness. We don't need a certain side winning over at a rally. We need all sides winning over because the fuckers that put us down are dead, or at least very powerless. We need fucking real structure, real power, and we need to empower ourselves to get it. But we're not going to do that if we're fighting each other in the streets. You know, I, I put out this tweet a, a little bit back that got so, or this this p- Facebook post. That, that got some some uh, critical review. Actually, it was a tweet. Fucking, I'm very tired. Um, and it was that chil- parents allow their children to um, play at a playground because it releases their energy or something similar to that. Why do you think governments let their citizens protest? And it's not hard to understand why. If you don't have the energy... To fight them, it's because you've been fighting your neighbor so fucking long that you can't fight them. It's because you're exhausted at the daily grind of trying to figure shit out, and you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying, and you're bashing your head against that wall, and then you see that evil Nazi on the news and you're compelled to march. But then once that march is over, once you go back home, you're not going to do anything about the actual power structures. They're going to continue marching at you much faster than you could ever march at them. And you don't do shit about it because you're fucking tired. And, And that's, that's the way it is because politicians They've got us literally killing each other in the streets. They've got us bashing each other with weapons, going out there organized with shields like we're some kind of warrior. It's, it's fucking absurd to assume that this is anything other than manipulation. That this is anything other than people being treated like rats in controlled experiments, pushing a button to see if they can get the fucking reward again. And if you really want the truth, you'll keep on pushing that button uh, until you realize that pushing that button, whether or not the reward comes out, is still pushing that button so that you can be controlled. Yeah, sure, you're pushing the button, but that doesn't mean that it's not a form of control. Yeah, sure, it seems like the power is in your hands to get that little piece of food or that little protest or that little whatever, but the power is not in your hands. You don't get power this way. The only thing you do is empower the elites that have fundamentally uh, rigged society against itself. That's what you do. You empower the elites. You, you want to tear down a statue? You want to fuck up an, an icon of racism and, and imperialism? Go to the fucking Lincoln Memorial, right? Why do you acknowledge, acknowledge that, that that Robert E Lee is somehow terrible even though um you know Lincoln was a race-baiting manipulator who didn't actually care about black people who said I, you know I, I don't advocate for the political or social equality of blacks to whites who who regularly made references to not caring about the negro's lot We're supposed to be okay with that? You know, it's a much bigger statue. He's glowering down, and he's right there in the seat of power. But you don't tear that shit down, do you? Because that's not the obvious easy target. That's not the low-hanging fucking fruit that is the Confederate South. And I, you know, fine, whatever, call me a racist. But I don't think tearing down a statue of Robert E. Lee will bring back any of the black people shot by cops. And I certainly don't think that, you know, tearing down that that, that statue will, will go back in time and reverse all those years of slavery and, you know, make all the Jim Crow laws that follow go away so that the Civil Rights Movement could have ended a hundred or so years earlier. I don't think so. I don't fucking even begin to consider that notion so why is it that that's where your action is if it's not going to help what you just feel better is that enough you get a catharsis you get to have your emotions released that's all that's that's what the movement of anti-racism has devolved to is a long series of energy drains where people are happy at the end of it God, it's like a fucking orgy. Everybody comes because everybody came. Goddamn (sighs) fake revolutions. Fake revolutions have been planned throughout history. The Middle East is a prime example of a long series of fake revolutions. But yeah, let's just assume That if we take down these monuments, if we stop these particular images, we've stopped racism. No! You want to raise all public monuments to the ground? Fucking try, but, you know, at least you'll be more consistent. You want to raise one statue of Robert E. Lee? And you want to somehow claim that that's, like, a revolution? That you've done something? You ain't done shit. And you're contributing to existing racism by not doing shit. If Michael Moore is correct and the people who stand by or support uh, the system are equally guilty to, to the people who control the system, then the people who buy into these fake revolutions are just as racist as the people in the white supremacist movement across the street. And if you really want to do anything about this government, you'll smash the fucking state. This has been Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding, signing out.